Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hi, friends. Welcome to Equipped to Be this week. I hope you enjoyed our last segment on how to launch your kids well. I hope you enjoyed that. I've heard lots of feedback from you. You know, it's hard to think about launching your children when they're five or six, or maybe when they're in middle school. As your kids get to 15 or 16 years old and and the realization that this season of parenting is going to be either coming to an end or changing, all of a sudden, then we start really preparing or planning. And it got me thinking about a podcast I did for a financial blog, actually several years ago, and it had to do with the topic was basically how did we get all of our children through college with zero loans, zero debt, and no college prepaid. And and that was really the main focus of the topic was how much money did it save us, Tom and I, and what benefit was it to our kids? How did we actually do it as far as preparing them for, you know, adult life after college? Well, there was a segment in this podcast that has always stayed with me And this particular interviewer really wanted to dive deep into this this specific topic. And it's the one that I want to focus on with this uh, podcast this week. And it's generational living. At the time I had done that podcast, uh, it was very uncommon. It was was more uh, viewed as something detrimental to your child if they lived at home after a certain, you know, after they graduated high school or if they had moved back home after college. It was, it was really kind of frowned upon, but it was never frowned upon with Tom and I. Tom and I had talked about this pretty much all while our kids were growing up. And that was the idea of we wanted to take care of our parents and have that ability to bring them in our home and take care of them or have a situation where we could care give for our our parents. And I mean, at this point, we have. We have been able to do that. The other part is having your kids with you in your home when they graduate. So as we talk into this week's episode of Generational Living, I I hope that you will consider some points that I'm going to make as you are parenting your children now. It will make that next season so much easier because you can be preparing and equipping your kids with a certain mindset that will help them either transition in or in, in the home from you know, being completely under your authority and you kind of set all the rules and curfews and and so on and so forth to what does that sharing a home with an adult 
who is working or going to college or independent living of some sort, you know, where they're making, they're carving their own way in the world. What does that look like? So I'm going to break this episode down into several points that you can either take notes or you can consider. And as I mentioned that, I also want to tell you that Equipped to Be is a, a ministry that has been near and dear to Tom and I's heart as we equip the called. It's something that God has really been laying on my heart. And so Equipped to Be, if you would like to sponsor this podcast at Equipped to Be, or if you would like to sponsor maybe an episode or two, please email me at Connie at ConnieAlbers.com and let's discuss the possibilities and the pricing for how to sponsor an episode or be a sponsor of Equipped to Be. It could be personally or it could be your business. I would love to discuss that with you. I've not really talked much about it, but you know, now is the time and our listenership is growing. And with that, the cost of running a podcast is growing. And the way you offset that is is usually through sponsorships, paid sponsorships. So I want to plant that seed in your mind if you are a business owner and you think that this audience would benefit your uh, community, it would serve them well in your business, hey, just let us know. So generational living, what does that look like and how do you do it? Let me first tell you a little bit of our story. As our oldest child was considering college, you know, the kids had lived at home. Most of you know I homeschooled the kids, so we were already doing life pretty much 24-7. We we had sports activities. We were busy. You know, I just, you know, without giving you all the things that we did, we were doing sports and, and music and vacations and school and life. I mean, we were truly what I like to call we were doing life together. But it was, it was getting close to decision time. Our oldest was about 16, 17 years old. And if you are um, that parent who is thinking, oh my goodness, I only have so much time left. I've got I've to fit in whatever we didn't get done in the last few years before you know, we send them off to the world. Or if you're thinking, I, it's expensive. Living out on your own right now is, is maybe not possible. Or maybe you have some other you know, specific goals as a family. Well, we did. Our desire was that our children were able to go to college, truly uh, go without incurring any form of debt. And the mindset was life is expensive and starting out uh, it is expensive, as you, as you and I both know. And as we move ne- into the next few years, it could possibly get uh, much more expensive than what the kids are. And so, you know, we were at this point where we were thinking about colleges and going to colleges, and we just created a spreadsheet and started outlining what colleges my son was interested in and then what was going to cost. You know, even with all the academic scholarships, uh, my son was a national merit, commended student. So there was there was all this extra money from the a- academic standpoint, but there was also the sports because he wanted to play collegiate level ball. And so we started factoring in where could you play? How much money, if any, would they give you? 
And once we laid down this in a spreadsheet and my son could kind of see the real numbers, it made him start to reconsider what his hopes, dreams, and goals were. Would this particular endeavor be something he could make a living at, or was it an awesome run in high school, but he was going to lay it down because he was going to pursue engineering? We put all the numbers together, and a couple of the things that we had done was lay out the different colleges that were in our city and what they cost. And we presented an idea. I mean, Tom and I had already talked about what would that actually look like. And we presented the idea of what if you stayed at home and went to college and and just commuted? Yes, there would be commuting costs, but when you factor in not there's the room and board and so on and so forth, you can look at numbers. And I have often, and I always tell my kids, numbers don't lie. Well, if you are... If you're in the midst of parenting, it is time and it is a good thing to be thinking about and start discussing the pros and cons for your family. Now, all of my children lived at home and attended university the whole time. And as you know, or maybe you don't know, you know, the kids were, we had kids in college for 11 consecutive years. And nine and a half of those years, we had two or three kids in college at the same time. So all of you guys know the cost of getting uh, post-high school, you know, a college education. It can add up really quick. So we were kind of weighing out all those options, and we kept teaching our kids debt-free living, debt-free living. That's, That's important, how you can achieve these specific goals, but you just have to get creative. And again, we were thinking about doing life together, helping our kids so that when they did launch out, their both feet would be firmly planted on the ground. Now, remember, this was many years ago where we didn't, we weren't sure like what was that outcome going to really look like, but now I'm on the other side. So I'm giving you uh, the thoughts we had going into it, what it was like while we were doing it. And then how did it turn out? I mean, was it crash and fail? Did we did it burn or did it work? So here's some of the things that you'll want to be thinking about now is as it relates to generational living. You have to first decide, is it an option? Is it something you and your spouse, if you're married, do you think you could have that specific child continue to live in your home as an adult? beyond high school. That's something worth considering. I know many families, they couldn't. It was like, you're 18, you're out. Maybe because it was a difficult season of parenting their child as a teenager. And the thought of having to have them under their roof one more day was not tolerable. It just wasn't a doable option. So you have to consider if, if it's even an option for your family. You know, one, and if you have a lot of children like I do, I'm going to say it's not an extended invitation to all of your kids. It's taken on a child-by-child basis. And there's things to consider. Temperament, willingness to contribute to the family, willingness to show common courtesy for the people that are living in the home, a willingness to understand 
uh, we're basically dealing with a change in the relationship between parent and child. More freedom is given, more responsibility is required. However, as with anything, there are serious matters that have to be talked about and discussed. And part of that discussion is defining the expectations. Like, what what are your expectations? I mean, if you have an 18, 19-year-old and you're extending the offer, because you have to realize it's not a, a right, it's a privilege. It's a privilege for your children to stay past a certain age. It's not expected of you. Now, they may expect it because all their friends' parents allow it. But again, that goes back to my first point. Is it an option for you? And then you have to actually uh, define those expectations early on and, and with every child. We had to kind of lay out how the house was going to work. Obviously, when I have older children, there were things that they had to consider that my younger kids that were now living at home and in college, we had to consider different factors. The older kids had to realize that everybody else had to get up for work the next morning and or do school. Therefore, they couldn't come in at all hours of the night and disrupt the household because people would be tired, kids would be cranky, and it had to be explained don't assume, explain and understood. We would like to extend this offer to you. We think it is an option, or as I always call it, a possibility. We would love to engage and have that new dynamic of interaction and relationship, but these are the expectations, and you have to clearly talk about it. Like, can you come in and eat at one or two in the morning and leave a mess in the in the kitchen? There's a lot of little things that come with inviting your older children to continue to live with you as you manage your household. See, they're, they're no longer your, your kids where you get to uh, kind of like lay out, these are all the, the rules, these are the limits, these are the acceptable and the unacceptable things for us to consider it's it, now it's really practical and it gets it gets um very detailed as well there's a lot of give and take for this to work i'll be honest with you cuz generational living is the same like whether you have your parents or grandparents come to live with you that are uh, maybe they're ill or whether it's your adult children that are continuing to live with you it's like a beautiful dance you can step on each other's toes you can wound or offend There can be opportunity for misunderstandings that can cause breaks in your relationship, and nobody wants that. But you have to determine how the household's going to work. Like, you can't have adult children living at your home and doing nothing but, like, occupying space, using hot water, and eating your food. There's a give and take because they would be moving out into the world, assuming adult responsibilities, such as cleaning, such as paying bills, uh, doing whatever maintenance needs to be done to whatever place they happen to be living in, that has to be applied 
within your home as well. And the, and the reason I say that is at some point, your children are going to move out. And the whole goal is that they are uh, equipped to be able to step into that next season of life, whether it's 18 or 24. They have to be equipped to be able to step into that with full confidence, knowing I can do this. And that starts by if they live at home with you, you putting responsibilities with them. Now, here's the thing that we learned. You want to be clear in the beginning, and you also want to be flexible. So if something, let's just say, you know, your your kids go into college, again, I know it's hard to, it's hard to think about this when you have middle schoolers. But, you know, I have told you uh, through Parenting Beyond the Rules, if you ever talk to me, I'm always talking about what kind of relationships and dynamics do you want in your family in 5, 10, 15 years? If what you say you want in 5, 10, 15 years matters, I mean, it really matters, it's got to start today. And you have those conversations of what this season of life could look like and how it can work and doing your research and and learning learning about what what you've seen others do that works and what doesn't work and where can you get into some some problems so in i was as i was doing this podcast this guy had asked me about the kids living at home and he mocked me he was like your kids are you know failing to launch huh you can't get them out of the basement i'm like actually no it was a decision that we made as a family that our family would continue to do life together during the season so that, and we had an answer, so that our kids would be able to save money, our kids would be able to practice more uh, independently, the, the things that they had learned about time management and money management and strategy and all of that when they were in high school where they didn't actually get much of an opportunity because you know, you're trying to you know, do school and sports and kind of all that stuff. And he was, he was just amazed that somebody would actually like want their kids to be with them. But what, what struck me more was his mindset of why would any 18, 19, 20-year-old, why would any child want to live with their parents one day past when they were required to? I was kind of blown away, and it revealed a lot to me. See, when you're right now in the trenches of fostering relationships and and working through conflict and having communication and uh, enjoying life together, all you know the ups and downs because there are ups and downs. Don't I would be remiss in saying, oh, it was always easy. It wasn't. There was some tough times. In the teen years and when our kids lived with us while they were in college, it took time and energy and effort. But we had fostered a relationship with our kids that the idea of, hey, staying at home, saving money, buying that car, getting ready to buy a house or build that business, because several of mine are entrepreneurs and, you know, starting a business is expensive. And if you don't have to pay all the overhead of rent and so on and so forth, you're able to build and scale your business much faster. 
And I started to explain that to him, and it was really a foreign concept. And it it has always stuck with me. And people have asked me over the years, how did we do it? Again, there was a lot of years. When did they move out? So as I mentioned to you, we've got to decide if it's even an option. I mean, you've got to know your family. You've got to know your limits. You, you may not be able to tolerate, and if you can't, that's fine. You're not required or expected to do so. Then you've got to define those expectations. What's required? What will work for all parties considered? Younger children, if they're in the house, maybe you and your spouse, and even that child that's coming and going that has a very different schedule. Now, you can't expect them to be home for dinner every night. They may have class at 7.30 or maybe they're working because after class and they've got to work. Now, I will say people would say, oh, so your kids didn't work when they were in college. Oh, yes, they did. Their entire way through college, they worked. They had part-time jobs and full-time jobs in the summer. Why? Because they weren't freeloading off of us. And we weren't paying their way. We were affording them an opportunity to get ahead in their early 20s. I don't know if you heard what I said. We, we, we're, not, we're not letting them mooch and sponge off of us. We're affording them an opportunity. It's, it's an invitation. It's not a demand. It's not that you are holding on and you won't let them go and become the adult they need to be. Oh, no. Some of your kids may be like, I got to get out of here. I love you, but I got to get out of here. And you know what? They might. They might need that for them, for their self-esteem, maybe for their own self, to gain self-confidence that they can do it. So there's not even a right or wrong other than setting that expectation of this isn't a right, it's an offer and a privilege, and it, it can be withdrawn, which goes back to managing your expectations. Determining who's going to do the work around the house. You know, living with your parents uh, in your college years or even in your young 20s when you're building a business, you still have to do work. Your room can't stink to high heaven because obviously that can't happen. Now, your kids may be like, this is my space. Yes, it is, but it happens to fall under this roof and we all have to live here. And therefore, we all have certain things that we have to do on a weekly or bi-weekly or however you decide what works for you. Maybe it's fine to have clothes on the ground, but you just, just no stinky shoes. The stinky shoes stay outside in the garage, whatever those terms are. And people have said, you know, did you, did you give them, for, you know, could they do whatever they want when they wanted? No, because we were still a family. Everybody still had responsibilities and roles. And for the most part, we all had to still get up and go to work the next day, whether the college kid had class at noon or not. Everybody else didn't have that luxury. So they did have a, they did have a curfew. And parents have asked me, so how did you do that? Well, it changed, obviously, when they were in college. Their, their time home changed. However, they couldn't come in at 2, 3 in the morning and then wake everybody up because they decided to stay. It just it doesn't work that way. And that was one of our uh, stipulations to the offer that we had extended to our kids. 
And, you know, on the flip side, we were also quiet in the morning for those kids that were up late. Maybe they were up late studying for a final, or maybe they had to work late and they're just tired. So the courtesy kind of goes both ways. And parents often think, or people often ask me, how do you work out those courtesy issues, like those common courtesies of living together, not having dirty dishes in the sink for, let's say, me to come downstairs and then have to clean up my kitchen before I can even start breakfast. That was an issue for me. I don't like that. And there's a simple solution. Cook, you cook, you clean. If you don't want to clean, that's fine. No big deal. Order out, get Burger King, whatever it is. And then uh, you don't have any dirty dishes. But this is the way it is in this, in this kitchen. The other thing is to resolving conflict. A conflict will arise. They'll think some of what you do sometimes might not be fair or misunderstood. Uh, maybe they get kind of lackadaisical on doing what is required just to kind of keep the family going. Uh, maybe, maybe they get dis- distracted or maybe they get the sense of entitlement. I don't have to do that. I'm, I'm an adult. Yeah, you are. And with adulthood comes responsibilities. Have, have a thought in mind of how you would address the possible scenarios. Remember when I had said, uh, decide if it's an option and then you got to consider those possibilities. But always reminding them this is a privilege and not a right. You, I would, I would tell my kids, even I, I would tell my kids all the time, the doors to the house lock on the inside. And that is not to keep you in. It's to keep others from coming in. It's to keep others out. And there's a great visualization, and I I probably, with every one of my kids, showed them the door and said, hey, do you see this lock? It opens from the inside. You are welcome to venture out and forge your way in the world at any time you would like. We're not keeping you here. We're extending an offer. And, it, and if it doesn't work, if, if what we've decided as a family isn't working for you, you are more than welcome to venture out and forge your own way. And we'll be cheering you on. If you do decide you want to stay here, you want to save money, you want to have you know food that you can actually eat after a long day of school and work, and you want a place to, to do your laundry, Maybe even a place just to, you know, have air conditioning and heating. This is what adult life actually looks like. And the other matter is the financial terms. You know, as this gentleman was asking me about the kids free loafing, you know, they're not really learning to take care of themselves. Well, you don't have to discuss it with other people, but you do want to have a financial agreement and an arrangement. What will they pay? Maybe it's their phone. Maybe it's their car insurance. Maybe you've already had them paying for that since high school. But as they enter this next season, they have to assume more. Now, their rent can be as simple as $100 or $200. Whatever you determine would be um, an offset to the family budget because they are there using the air, using um, the hot water. So they do add to the cost of the household. And you are helping them slowly, 
onboard into the next season. But if the goal is for them to be able to set them up for success beyond college or once they get their business up and running, you want to make it so that one, they feel it, they know they're paying for something, but they're not, and they're not just getting a free ride. But it's not taking all of their money where it would would cost the same to live out on your own. There's not really much of an advantage to, to them, you know, in that scenario, if that makes sense to you. So discuss the financial financial terms. And, you know, they will change over the years. Obviously, the earning power, the the place, the financial situation of a 19-year-old is very different than a, say, 22, 23-year-old. And so you'll have to adjust that year by year. And that's easy to do. It's just with simple conversations. You asking them, what do they think is fair and equitable? And then you show them what bills actually cost and um, what they're actually making, bringing in. And then how can they contribute and add more? Because we do want to cause them to slowly increase more and more and more so that when they do step out into their own place or they buy a house, they've got a firm grasp of it all. And you do it incrementally. The other thing is, be thinking about ending. Like, when is that offer going to be not extended anymore? But there are some very specifics, you know, drug use, uh, not following uh, common courtesies, maybe staying out all night when that was something that was decided early on, you wouldn't you wouldn't do or coming in all hours of the night, or maybe not contributing anymore or constantly being late on paying you something that they were supposed to pay for. Those would be matters that you would have to prayerfully consider. Is it time for you to uh, step out into the world uh, without the assistance of having us here? Again, the door locks on the inside to keep people out, not to keep them in. That's a mindset thing that you can talk about often, but you can, even if things aren't going right and they're, they're getting a little rocky, you can still create the end game and end on a good note with a relationship intact, an appreciation for them, for what appreciation of them to you for what you have allowed them to do, a gratefulness, a grateful heart, and you not feeling that sense of, I am so glad you're out of this house. Because multi-generational living is pretty common now. It's not an unusual thing, and it's not a negative. If you've thought of it as a negative, I just invite you to consider a little different viewpoint on it. And be thinking now what that could actually look like and talk about it with your kids. Talk about it with your parents. You know, there were times we had all five of the kids. Now, I'm going to wrap this podcast up. You can always send me any questions. You can message me or talk to me on social media about thoughts and questions you have on how you actually implement it. Like, you know, the nitty gritty stuff that There's not a lot of time to do in in our short time here, although those principles were the principles that we used. And people have said, so when did they all move out? Well, it was varied. Our first one moved out, stayed at home and and moved out, bought a house, got engaged, and 
uh, you know, was on his way. And that was around 24, 25. Uh, Our second moved out around 24-ish and moved with some girlfriends. They all got married and she asked if she could come back. She did till she could kind of get her bearings. And then she was off again. Our third child moved out, had an apartment, got engaged and moved forward with life, got married and moved forward. Our fourth, she was more antsy to get on her way. She's, she's a very strong, independent young woman. And she, she was eager to step into that role. So she had finished college and she was about 25 when she moved out with some roommates. And then from there, she ended up getting engaged and they got married. And then our last one, as you know, just recently moved out. It was something that we knew he needed and he knew he needed. And it was time. You just know that there comes this time where you both know, okay, it's time. You've learned all you can learn. You've gotten yourself set. Now we're going to help you pack it up and cheer you on and help you get your new place set up. We'll be praying for you and staying in touch with you. We'll always be here for you. But that is the crux of generational living. And that is how you can actually live with your adult children doing life and doing life in a way that builds and fosters and nurtures the relationships in a very adult way. I hope this podcast of generational living was a blessing to you. And it gave you some points to ponder, gave you a little more of our story, how we launched the kids and what they're doing now. So if you have questions, you can always reach me. I look forward to to hearing from you. And I just, thanks for joining the podcast. It uh, means a lot to know, and we appreciate so many of you sharing this with others. Don't forget to tell a friend. It's vital to the growth of Equipped to Be as we here at Equipped to Be are equipping the call. So you have a great day and I'll see you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.